remember that we are beginning a study of the New Testament books in the order in which they were written. I have that sheet up here. If you missed that last week, uh, wash my hands, we're good. And if you don't trust that, you can take a picture of the front. <laughs> so, um, and those listening online, if you need a copy of this, you can send an email to the church off the church website, and Laurie will um, hit that button and get it to you. You've got this already, right? Okay. The book of James. Interesting, it's the first one. And it really, it's according to how you look at it, it can be hard to read. As I said, I, I believe I brought that up in an e-blast, that some have called it the, um, the cosmic dentist because you know you have to go, but you know you're going to get hurt. Well, yeah, <clears throat> I would put it a different way. Now that Jesus has come, the rules are different and some definitions are different. The definitions... I think that you'll, en you'll enjoy some of that because it'll be a little bit of head-turning, worldview shifting. Uh, we are not going to go through these in the same way we did the, the Gospels because that took years, right? What we're going to try to do is do a chapter each time. Sometimes we'll be able to do more. Sometimes we, we might not get through a chapter. So I'm going to ask you to anticipate and to read ahead. Next two weeks, I won't be here, so the class, you can go upstairs or the like. When I come back, we'll be hitting James chapter 2, right? So you know where we are at all times. Um, just very quickly to address the authorship, it was generally assumed in the early centuries of the church that this was Jesus' physical brother, James. That was attacked quite a bit by the Roman Catholic Church as the centuries moved on and they developed their uh, doctrine that would have Mary as a perpetual virgin. That did not happen overnight. That took a long time. In fact, it was around the year 1000 before that became official Catholic doctrine. So by that time, they had to move James from brother to cousin and they would say that the same word means both and it really doesn't but we love our Catholic friends and this will not be a Catholic bash. Just letting you know what was accepted back then has become changed over the years. Now a lot of scholars say he is a brother of Christ in the same way that we are, but it wasn't James. I think it's James, the brother of Christ. All right, so that's, I'm dispensing with all the arguments. James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ of the 12 tribes scattered <clears throat> among the nations Greetings. Notice, that's a, that's a very unique opening because by the time James was written, the Jew-Christian separation had not really taken place. This book was written at least 30 years before Revelation. So a lot of movement in the Roman Empire takes place over that 30 years. So he refers to the 12 tribes because the vast majority of Christians at that time were Jews. And the Christians were meeting with Jews. And so it was just, you know, they're part of the 12 tribes now, if you read Paul's work later. So you can tell it's early. 
because it still is addressing a mainly Jewish church. Does that help? Consider it pure joy. All right, here's a headstand, uh, a worldview shift. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Now, there, in, in the way that Bibles are translated and printed to this day, this is not a, a paragraph break. I really think there should be a paragraph break here because he's going to define something else. The main thing about, about this is that I often will get uh, emails that will be encouraging me, and by the way, I, I always need those, whenever there's a flurry of anti-fourth or anti-Patrick going on, you know, especially if you remember uh, six and a half years ago when I first arrived and we, we hired Lauren and the hell we went through for about six to eight months for that, the uh, people would write and say, you know, the Bible says that if you're doing the right thing, you'll be persecuted. Yes, it does. It does. But it says more than that. It says when you're being persecuted for doing the right thing, don't let up, ride it, because it's going to make you a better person at the end. That's the part nobody ever brings up. They always say, I, I, you know, I pray that they quit attacking you. Well, you know, frankly, I do too. But that's not the point. The point is, if you want to be mature, you're going to have to deal with this. Think of it this way. Let's say that your kids come home and they're starting algebra, just a polar thing, or geometry. And they're saying, I don't like this. I'm not, not getting it. So you help them by pretty much doing the homework for them for a while. Are you helping them? No, because they really need to stand on their own two feet at some time. Uh, and it's, God says, write it out. Take it. You will be mature and complete. The words mature and complete are almost the same word in Greek. So it is just a repetition. Um, I've had friends that did that. A, a friend in Scotland that was a walking thesaurus. And, you know, he would say, you know, it was, it was good. It was pleasant. It, it was nice. You know, it had a thing about it. That he, you know, and just kept going. And I'm going, I got it good. And this, it's constant. And so finally I pulled him over. I said, Kenneth, do you, do you know you do this? It might be better just to simplify. And I am not making this up. He looked at me and he goes, so you think that would be better, more, more efficient, easier for people? And you're doing it. So, but doing it twice, we get that. You want to be grown up, you're going to have to take some hits. This is not pleasant, but it's true. In verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, anybody, anybody? <laughs> you, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. Please, when you talk to God, remember he's not there to find fault. He's there to hear from you. I'm sure there are parents that when their kid brings them a picture they've done, goes, well, that's completely nonsensical. Uh, it doesn't look like a frog at all. You have a complete lack of understanding of frog biology. If there are parents like that, they're awful parents, are they not? You know, God, when you take him what you have, he knows that's what you've got. He'll listen. 
He's not going to be up there going, well, I gave you wisdom yesterday, and look what you did with it. No, that's not our God. Feel comfortable talking to our God, whereas the writer of Hebrews says, let us boldly enter the throne room of God with confidence. It's, you're all right. Uh, but when you ask, now here's the hard part. You must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. <clears throat> That's harsh. That's har But James is harsh. And James is saying, make up your mind, follow God, and then do it. And if you need to make corrections, make the corrections. Just do it. It's, there was a, a famous skit, I believe it was originally done on Saturday Night Live, that had Bob Newhart as a therapist. You, you've seen that skit most likely because it, it's just constant out there where a lady's coming in for therapy and she says, well, you know, I always pick the wrong guys and the like. And he, and he says, well, do you have any advice for me? And he goes, stop it. You know, and, and that thing goes back and forth. Well, to be honest, therapists shouldn't be doing that because there's more work that needs to be done than just stop it. But James here is saying, wake up, see where you are, let's move forward. And that believe and not doubting. You know, Jesus was very kind to people who were struggling. Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. So don't use this as a stick to beat your head over, you know, beat yourself over the head with. This is, God wouldn't do that. He's saying be solid and move. I've had people say, it's your job to jump. It's God's job to make the hole in the wall. And I would pull back and say, you first got to figure out if God wants a hole in the wall before you do this. What is your prayer? And we'll get to that here in a bit. Why are you praying? And what are you praying for? That becomes a real big issue in James. I'll, I'll just put, I've used this illustration before. I dated a girl for quite a while that you could not compliment. She would turn it aside. This, your, your hair looks great and all that, it's messed up, you know, I like the dress, you know, this thing is wrong here and this thing's wrong here. Um, the meal, well, I burned this, I, it, it, it got to where it was a wedge. And I remember saying to her, either I'm the most stupid person in the world or a liar, I, and I don't want to do that. And, you know, it's a good thing that we moved on to other people. Um, if I had any words to say to my teenage self, it would have said, wait for Cammie. You know, uh, but we didn't know that at the time. And I hope that she's with somebody that has taken her doubts away. Don't go to God. Say, you probably won't, but tell him what you want. Now, what if he doesn't give it to you? Does that mean he's mean? Nah, you might want to tell him what you want again. <laughs> Jesus says, sometimes just go back and bother the judge. Remember that story? Just hassle him. It's okay to keep going back to God. He's not going to get angry with you. Believers in humble circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. The rich should take pride in their humiliations and so pass away like a wild flower. This is, this is Semitic thinking. Uh, for the sun rises with scorching heat and withers the plant. Its blossom falls, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now this seems quite the downer. It isn't saying just remember that poor people have reason to be proud and rich people have reason to be shamed all of us pass through the same journey 
all of us will pass from this world. Being poor does not give you an extra measure of grace. Being rich does not take away the grace. You know, this is something which I think we get out of whack whenever we say, well, those rich people shouldn't be rich. You know, I don't, I don't know how they got rich, so I'm not going to say that. It could have been super, super hard work. It could have been the invention of a drug that saves millions. You know, I, I don't know. I'm not their judge. But we'll sometimes, the, you know, poor people say it's not fair that they have it. And I always wonder, okay, where do you want to meet? Because there's no society where we all have the same. Uh, even though people say we'll all have the same, somebody runs the society. And they're the only ones that can get a car, you know. Let's pull back and say, all right. We don't look down on the poor, we don't look up to the rich, we are all the same. And he, by the way, he's going to stress this in a bit. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. Oh, we're back to that. Because having stood that test, the person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. The crown of life the Lord has promised. What is this? It's eternal life. You get life. Here's... I want you to understand this. I was asked, I've been asked many times, but I was asked recently when I was saved. And I know we like to have, the people like to have a date. And so I put it, I was saved at my baptism when I was 11 and God is still saving me because salvation is not an event, it's a process. It takes, God is redeeming different bits of me through my years. There was not instant holiness. There was not instant lack of greed, laziness, lust, living comfort too much. And what name to sin, that didn't magically melt away in the baptism. Remember, Scripture says it's not like putting away the filth of the flesh. It's not like just washing off dirt. God saves you and God is saving you. That is not a contradiction. It is Scripture. Am I completely 100% saved? Yes. Is God done saving me? No. Now that's, you know, that bothers Western thought, but not, not Semitic thought, not Eastern thought. They get it. This is the unfolding. I have eternal life now, and I am working to receive eternal life. It's, there's another way to put it. The scripture says something like, walk worthy of the calling. In other words, you're going to get a crown, so why don't you act like that now? Let's walk worthy of that now. Eternal life. And eternal life, by the way, is off-site. Now, many people have, um, and a lot of our own ministers, have uh, conviction that it's this earth that's going to become a redeemed earth and become heaven. And I, that's just a hill I won't die on. I like both arguments. But regardless... You die to get eternal life, right? So don't expect it to happen here. Don't expect to be loved all the time here. Everybody's going to be tempted. And I love this passage. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. I'm going to stop there. Because I want to ask for that something be removed from our phrasing. Have you ever heard anybody say, if you ask God for patience, you better watch out? That's a slander against God. 
Remember Jesus said, if a father loves his, his son and the son asks for bread, will he give him a stone? No. I ask for patience and I do not expect God then to throw a bunch of things at me to make me patient. I think he knows that would break me. I, I would bruise. I'd be frightened. So, in fact, I even tell him that sometimes. I'll say, God, I'd like this, but it's going to need to be slow. And if you don't talk to God like that, I'm really happy for you, I guess, but I don't know how you have a conversation unless you do that. And I've said, God, if you do this fast, I really think I'm going to break and run. Uh, so I need this to be done slowly. And God has always been gracious. God has never dropped a grenade in my life and said, best of luck. He's, he'll, he'll move me slower. Uh, and most of my scars, by the way, don't come from God. They're self-inflicted. They were my own bad choices. Moving on. When, when a per, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Now, their own evil desire, let's wrap that around a couple of things. One, you can't blame it on God. But God made me this way. Nah, you can't. Because all kids are born innocent in the eyes of God, but they're terrible people. They scream, holler, cry, demand, right? Mind, grasp, push, touch. Now, we, we love them and we raise them, but I, I'm, I'm putting this out there for a reason. It's not, I didn't have to teach my kids how to be selfish. I didn't have to teach my kids how to say no. Wow. That came naturally. So it is out of us. It is not God tempting us. It is not God throwing a burden upon us. It comes from us. But they also the word own there um, suggest a specific. There are sins that will tempt you that don't tempt me at all. Now, I'm not going to tell you that the use of tobacco is sinful because I don't know enough about what God likes and doesn't to make that type call. All right? But let's say he, it is. Fair enough. I've got friends that stopped smoking, but now they chew. Or remember the snuff where you'd snuff it up in your nose? That was huge for many hundreds of years. I don't have any of that temptation. Let's grab some weeds, stick them in our face, light them on fire. What's the worst that could happen? That has never tempted me. Never tempted me to work. Does, does that mean I look down upon those who can't stop the habit? No. I got other sins. And those sins are my own. They're the, my own making, maybe because of the way I was raised. Or I, I'm, I'll tell you right now, I'm a recovering legalist. I should go to a, an AA-type meeting for legalists, except I can't find any that meet my standards. Okay? I find myself disapproving of a dozen things a day just to keep in practice. It is hard for me to show grace that I want to receive. And every day that's a battle. Might not be for you. I've met, there are some members here who wake up in the morning wondering, who can I hug and bless? I wake up in the morning and go, still on this side of the dirt. Okay. 
I've never left out of bed with a, this is the day the Lord has made. I've left out of bed with a leg cramp, uh, but I, I have my own sins. And I'm stressing this because of this. We tend to think there's an explanation for our sins, and so God understands it. But there's not an explanation for yours, except that you're a bad person. Let's not do that. Let's let God judge Remove that from us. It's our own desires. And then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. There is a myth that sometimes criminals will use. They'll say, yes, I did this awful thing. I don't understand how I did that. It had never entered my mind before. Before an action takes place, there is a belief, and there is an emotion that becomes an action. Watch where your head goes. Now, the COVID has done something to our television, if you haven't noticed this. Scripted shows are almost impossible to do. So they're doing reality shows, which have zero to do with reality. If you've got a camera crew in your house moving around all, this, there's no reality here, right? Cammy and I like to watch House Hunters International because we have both traveled extensively and we love just having a peek at Prague or a peek at Budapest or wherever. And, and it's just fun. And, and we do this little thing where we guess which one they'll take and they never take it because they're wrong. They're wrong. We are right. But that, the point is the commercials in between. Now we have um, YouTube TV. We cut the cords, so we just stream. And they got to pay for it somehow, other than the you know, rates we pay. So they put in like a two-minute block of commercials every so often, and they're all about horrific reality shows. I married this guy, but he's a mama's boy. Well, you made a stupid choice. I wouldn't put that on television. You know, or we're, we're in danger in Alaska. No, you're not. There's a film crew right there, and they're not sleeping outside. They're going to the hotel. You can hop in, right? Reality is reality. We don't watch any of those shows because we don't even want to think like this and act like this. Because you think first, the emotion comes, and then the action. Used to be a shrink. I know that kind of stuff. If you have, the thing to do is to catch the thought early. Think of this. Have you ever been... Um, Maybe working at your computer and your, your shoulders are up here. And you realize, hey, my shoulders are up here. I need to relax and come down. It would be smart to catch it before they get up. Dr. Herbert Benson wrote a book back around 1968 or so, still in print, called The Relaxation Response, where he teaches people, and he shows how he teaches people, to catch the tension before it's a problem and what, how to respond to different forms of tension. Uh, you can buy the, their used books everywhere. You can buy those. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like sifting shadows. That is so important. I've had people in my life that if you wanted to change a little bit of worship, God doesn't change. Wow, way to take it out of context. He's talking about God likes to give. Do you remember what Jesus said? He makes the rain to fall and the sun to shine upon the just and the unjust. He gives 
gives us joy. Among Christians, and I think in humanity as a whole, there's always a suspicion about joy. There really is. Eh, having too much fun. I use as an example caffeine. People are convinced caffeine is bad for you. There have been hundreds of studies that show, no, it isn't. Unless you have high blood pressure or tachycardia. Fair enough. You don't want to poke that bear. But caffeine has a lot of benefits to the circulatory system, but mainly to your brain. There are some other things it does for you. But then why is it so hard to get people to chill a little bit about caffeine? And again, I'm not talking about having 15 Coke Zeros in a day. You know, draw the line at 14. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, if anything's worth doing, it's worth overdoing, is what most people think. Why are they so suspicious? I think it's because it makes you feel better, and we're always convinced that might be sinful. Let's just relax, shall we? Just chill, because God came to earth at the worst possible time when we're slaughtering babies, we're burning old people to death because they're taking up our resources. The Roman Empire is butchering and beheading and crucifying people without cause. And if God loved us then, he loves us now. He hasn't decided to write us off. It's a good news thing. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. That's Jesus, by the way, so that should be capitalized. That we might have, might be a, a kind of first fruits of all he created. Um, all right, here we go. I've said this before, but age of COVID, I'm not really sure who's been in and out. I completely understand why people want a baby. I really do. It's the second baby, I question. Now, we had two. We're, we're like every other human. And our, our kids now, we have five grandkids, and they say they're done. And we're kind of going, oh, okay. So I'm, I'm a complete hypocrite. You need to get that. Everybody understand that, correct? But the first baby was painful, loud, took away your sleep, your money, your peace of mind. You would lay awake at night wondering, are they breathing? Have to go in and check, don't you? You do, and, and all, am I doing this right, that right? And then you have another? I think that that is an echo of God in us. Because he chose us. And I'm not doing this for us in our room and thus wa us watching online. Humanity. He didn't come for a little bit of people. He came for us all. And people just skip over those verses. But God came for us all. Let's go over here. John the Baptist, in Luke 3, verse 6, he talks about make straight the way, you know, the crooked paths will be straight and like, how does he end it up? And all people will see God's salvation. God doesn't just love some. But those of us who have come and turned to him are the first fruits. <clears throat> Don't know how else to say this, but let's just say it. I notice things. I watch stuff. People. I see situations. I was trained to do that, and you can't be untrained once you do it. If you ask people, how are your kids doing? 
and they give you an illustration, they pick the first fruits. Not necessarily the oldest kids, but their favorite. Now, hang on. We all love our kids equally in different ways, but we brag about this one. <laughs> right? It's, now, again, not every parent. Please understand. God loves all people, but you know who he really just is proud of? Those who love him back. The first fruits. I love all my grandkids, but there's only one of them that has declared ownership over me out loud that I'm his best buddy and he'll even whack me on the leg come on let's go and I follow Ollie some of the other kids want to do other things and I love them and they're all brilliant Ollie he's the one I talk about first now that's complex I don't ever want to be accused of loving any grandchild less than another because that's certainly not true but God here is saying, I love everybody, but wow, look at you guys. Look at you, I'm so proud of you. Even in the Old Testament, he was like this. When Satan was walking by, God said, have you seen Job? I love Job. And then when the angel comes down to Daniel, and Daniel faints away in fear, they bring him back up, and the angel goes, no, Daniel, you are highly esteemed in heaven. Wow, how would you like that to be said about you? Here's the thing, it is. I know you don't feel it. I don't even believe it, but it's true. You are highly esteemed in heaven because he knows this is hard. He knows this is tough. He hadn't forgotten. Every gift comes down from him. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. All right, it, this is our job for the next three weeks. We got this? Be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to tweet. Oh, wait, hang on. Slow to post. No, hang on, backing up. Slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God deserves, desires, rather. I have two Facebook pages, pages because I had too many people on one page and they said I couldn't do that. So I have a public and a private page. I've got, I don't know, it's not quite 7,000 followers on Twitter, all this other. And people often in public posting or coming to me says, you've got to use this platform for this. You need to use this platform for that. And it always devolves into judging somebody or politics. And I say, no. I was accused of being a racist because I wouldn't use my pages to discuss that. And my response is, nobody is ever convinced by an argument on Twitter. Nobody. Nobody ever goes, oh, you know, that's a good point. I shall change my life now. And so I even put it on everything. This is for fun, a little bit of religion, zero politics. We don't argue here. I have had to unfriend a lot of people. And when I've had a lot of people say, who would Jesus unfriend? I hand them the, the book of Revelation, say, have fun. He unfriends. You don't want that to happen to you. There are so many times I hover over the ones <laughs> in this. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that, God's desire, that God desires. Have you ever heard of righteous anger? Stop it just doesn't work therefore get rid of all moral filth notice that 
he is calling human anger moral filth. I wouldn't have done that. I would have said, get rid of that sin. He, he takes it to another level here, doesn't he? Why? Because Christians are to be eating from the tree of life, not the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, so we can become gods and judge right and wrong. We speak life. Moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent. And humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. What is James saying when he says the evil that is so prevalent? He's, he's saying you're so evil. No, he's saying you live in a place where evil grows. Watch that you don't soil your clothes. So that you can still, like in Sardis, approach the throne of God. What evil is so prevalent in our culture? I think you have to say racism is. Hatred, division, uh, political lies, which are everywhere. Uh, we could go on, could we not? There, there are a few things wrong with our culture. He's saying, don't participate. The book of Revelation has an overreaching, overarching theme for us today. It wasn't written about us, it wasn't written to us, but it was written for us. We can gain from this. That is, don't hold hands with any human empire. Period. Don't do it. You walk Jesus' way. And if the empire happens to be going that same direction, cool. But they won't for long because empires don't do that. Follow Jesus. Um, we got a little bit more time. By the way, uh, a couple of people asked me, didn't you stop a little bit early last week? I stopped at 1130. Uh, normally, these classes go to about 1140. But I have a really strict rule, and that is when you're out of material, stop the class. Okay? And we were done with that chapter. There's no reason for me to go, okay, in review, I, I'm not going to do that to you. All right? We will always stop on time or as close as I can or earlier. Um, your time is important. Your time is precious. It's an honor to me that you think my words are important enough to be here. Thank you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. We're going to stop here because I want to talk about mirrors and reality. When this was written, mirrors were very rare. They were not mercury-backed pieces of glass and the like by that. They didn't get anywhere near that. They are polishing bronze. They are polishing something. Or you would look in water, you know, to see your reflection. And most people did not have the money or the time to have a bronze plate that was you know, rubbed real good that you could see yourself if you turned it right. That was a luxury only the rich had. So you'd see yourself every now and then. This is one of the reasons why the greats would have statues made of them or paintings so that people, you know, you can look at it, that's what I look like. By the way, all of those were completely fudged. I mean, we walked in through Holyrood Palace in Scotland, I don't know how many times, um, because we had you know, friends coming from America, so they want to see where the queen lives here. And if the queen's not in residence, you can go in Holyrood and walk around. You know, there are, there's, there's a fee now, but you can still do it. But there's this one hall that has all of the paintings from the first king of Scotland all the way up to 
when that painter uh, lived, and so J uh, King James II. Um, the steward, if the steward's doing their job, walking around showing you things watch, and making sure you don't touch what you're not supposed to, they will ask you to notice the nose. It's the same nose. Why? Nobody knows what any of these people actually look like, so they took King James II and they just modified the setting all the way back. I find that wonderful. I think it's fantastic. But our looking in a mirror now is a normal thing. I don't tend to look in a mirror the first thing in the morning because I've not found that starting the day by screaming and crying is a useful thing. And so I don't pay much attention to it. I can remember when my wife put in extra lights in our bathroom in Michigan and I go, for what purpose? And she evidently likes to look at herself and do things, but it's woman's or mysteries. Um, I do have an idea of what I look like, and then somebody takes a picture of me. I mean, young people have no idea at this stage. Older people, you getting it? I look in a mirror, I see a much younger person than in any picture ever taken of me. We filter, don't we? Now, if you're young, but you have gained a lot of weight or lost a lot of weight, you noticed that when you looked in the mirror, your feelings lagged. You still thought you were fat or you still thought you were thin. That's the way it works. Men are great at this. Men, I don't care what shape they're in, uh, look in a mirror and go, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. And they think they're three setups away from a date with a supermodel. Men, men are just blind, period. Let's just deal with that. Do you understand how, diff, how, if it's hard for us to see reality, by the way, you've never seen your face. You're seeing a reverse. We now have mirrors set up that have a double thing that you can look in and see what you really look like. They can't sell them. People hate it. Oof, no, that's not right. They've had them for years, can't sell them. Whoever looks into the perfect law that'll beat you within an inch of your life for all of your, your sins and failures. No, no, hang on. Whoever looks into the perfect law that gives freedom. What have Christians done with his church? Oh my goodness. They turned it into a whipping post in the words of the great Almond Brothers. I am, um, breaks my heart. Freedom. Freedom to what? To live out the perfect law. What is the perfect law? We don't have you might, and I'm sorry, and that's why we're not getting comments. We really hope to do that soon. We can't pass around the mic at this stage. They won't want us to do that. So, if anybody knows, what is the perfect law? It is actually, sorry? Love. It's what Jesus said. It's what it said in Galatians 5, where the only thing that matters is faith expressing itself in love. 1 Corinthians 13, love is greater than even faith and hope. These three things remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Love has to trump even your faith and your hope. How hard is that? Pretty hard. And so instead we make a bunch of rules and traditions and say, that's what he wants. Do that. Or we run to weird prophecies and say, that's what he wants. No, love. Not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it. They'll be blessed in what they do. 
I want to I offer you something that really, really worked well for us for 10 years in Michigan. Um, well, I say 10 years. We were there 10 years, but I don't remember when this happened in that time. You know, I was preaching, and my executive minister was with me, John Laster, who's one of the best men I've ever met in my life and still one of the dearest men in my heart. So we're standing there, and I, I just hope somebody goes and tells John that. I've talked, we talk maybe once a year, but we feel like brothers. Women can't get that. Some guys do. So we're standing there, and somebody came up and said, Patrick, you're always talking about love and grace and how we should be modeling that, but we feel like we're bowling with a sheet over the pens. I don't bowl. You know, so I'm going, all right, I, I'm not sure I get the metaphor. They say, we're standing there throwing the ball the best we can, but we really don't know, are we scoring? Are we doing all right? And I thought, that's brilliant. We need, we need some way to measure this. And so we came up with connect, grow, and serve. You can choose your own. These, are, these were our bowling pens. I still use them to this day. I used to say in my last prayer at night, but I don't last through my last prayer at night anymore. So I have to use it earlier in the day. Um, it's always interesting. I'll go to bed and read. It's just, did I connect anybody to each other or to Jesus today? Did I grow spiritually or emotionally today? Did I serve anyone because of Jesus? Now, it doesn't have to be in the name of, as in you're saying it out loud, oh, I'll help you through the TSA checkpoint in the name of Jesus. No, Jesus would help them, so we help them. See what I mean? And that were, these were my bowling pens to sit back and say, did I see the reflection correctly and forget it? Uh, did I improve upon it? You know, there... This book is full of these moments which can make you slam still. Do what gives freedom, live out the perfect law, and pick some pens for you to check. And I've just kept those. By the way, we, so many people listen to us at Rochester or would come watch, kind of like they do here, um, that a whole lot of churches are using variations of connect, grow, serve as even their phrase. You know, like we use empty hands, open arms. They use that. And I'm thinking, cool. That's cool. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves. And their religion is worthless. Ooh. Remember Jesus warned us, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. Anything else comes from the evil one. And there's only one job on the planet that God wrote a warning label on. My job. We will receive a greater condemnation because we are pouring words out and words can be very dangerous. And so God says, keep that in mind, Patrick. Let us not throw word salads out there. Let us not yell and demean or tweet or post against any other let's be very very careful don't let your religion be worthless does that mean they are lost and damned no it just means god's not getting any good out of them it doesn't help them 
religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Boom. There were no mics, but if he had had one, he would have dropped it at this stage. And we're about ready to drop our mic and stop. But you've not had much of a chance, or any chance, to respond. So let me tell you this. In the age of COVID, we're going to go back to 1995. Okay? I would teach classes back then where we did not have um, any video. And we only had audio, and that was on a cassette tape. Or, or uh, maybe about that time they were doing... Uh, CDs, regardless. And the rule was, if a question is asked, I repeat it, and if you agree that that's what you've said, or comment, then I put it out there. All right? I think that's what we have to do for a while. So you've got a, a, a few weeks now to read J James chapter 1 again and again and again, and James chapter 2. And if you have questions, or if I go a place, and you want to go a different place, God loves you as much as he loves me. So go ahead. Raise your hand. Wave it. Say, um, what about this? I mean, recently, for example, Renee came up with something that I thought was so brilliant, and I felt like I was clumsily trying to repeat it here. So there may be times where I might ask you to come up to a stand mic, but I won't do that if you are even slightly nervous, right? Because your feelings matter. Is that okay? We're good? What would it be like if you were trying to hire a minister and you said, well, where are you theologically? And he or she said, I think our job is to take care of the forgotten ones. Widows and orphans here, that they, they're a stand-in for the forgotten and the poor and the at-risk. And not let the world pollute us along the way. I don't know of many churches that would hire. But where do you stand on this? Where do you stand... The Bible, the religion in Scripture is much simpler and much harder to live than the religion we got. We build up complex structures of orthodoxy, but living that's not hard. You check your boxes. I went to church today, took communion. I really struggle with what we're calling communion. <laughs> Coming out of those, little, those things are horrid, are they not? They just are. Styrofoam and melted Jolly Rancher. And you might not be able to get to the styrofoam because the Jolly Rancher wants to come up and go, no! Here's the rule. If you open up the juice bit first, take it. Luke, in Luke, at the Lord's Supper, they took the cup first. So you can just say, I'm doing it like Luke this week. <laughs> then go ahead and try to get the styrofoam. These things should... I bet, we, I bet they're made by the 666 Corporation. That's all I'm saying. But we'll say, I checked my boxes. I went to church, I sang, I gave. Orthodoxy looks complex, but it's easy to live. The Bible religion is very simple, but very hard to live. Keep that in your mind, because James is going to do that to you as you go through. James, the brother of Christ, I thank God he left us his book. Thank you for being here. God bless you. Keep you safe. I won't ask for your prayers because I already know you do. I know you do. That's the only way Cammie and I have survived. Thank you. God bless. Go away.